Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome to a Thursday edition of Sports Scene ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch and talk some sports. Elliot's producing today. We have a lot to do in a short period of time today because we have an abbreviated show because we're going to broadcast Rays baseball today against the Jays. Uh, we're going to get a couple of guests. We'll try to get a couple of emails and calls if we can. Daryl says, all I can say about last night's game is, wow, team doesn't quit. Do you think Sully's shuffling the lineup at third with Dale Thomas in there now? Yes. Um, you know, we, we've seen that. We saw it when Shelnut went to right with, uh, with Evans out. So, yeah, Thomas has a chance to solidify things now. Mike says, uh, great win. I get it. Uh, but I get a baseball team last night between my Orioles and Yankees game and the Gator game. I'm emotionally exhausted. Have to say, I think Coach Sullivan's treatment of Michael Robertson after the bunt pop-up was over the top. I can understand chewing him out for 10 seconds, but to go on and on was humiliating to the student athlete. A 50-plus-year-old man going off at an 18-year-old student athlete is not a good look. There's no place for that military-style screaming in a kid's face coaching anymore. Well, I mean... That's going to happen once in a while. You don't think football coaches do that? That happens sometimes. All right, we're going to talk some softball. Uh, Michelle Smith was kind enough to join us last week before regionals. Now she covers softball, of course, you know, for ESPN. We're going to talk a little super regionals with her. Michelle, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be back, Steve. How's yep. everything? It's, uh, everything's okay. i got to ask this right out of the bat, and I'm not saying this because it happened to Florida. Uh, you, you pitched. I pitched. The strike zone, you know, Tim Walton really gets tossed, and it was really squeezed. And I understand umpires have zones and umpires have bad days. Is umpiring Has umpiring changed? Have strike zones changed or just one of those things that happened? You know, I think it's a combination of all of that, uh, Steve. I think the strike zones have changed a little bit, um, but the problem is we've changed so much of the game to make it offense-heavy that p- pitchers, unless you are the elite of the elite, pitchers are having a hard time getting people out, and and that's a problem. That's why our games are going too long. When an umpire squeezes the zone or does not give a side of the zone or pitches that are on the corner, if you remember, it's a three-dimensional strike zone, right, from right. front to back. A ball can move in and out of it, and the best pitchers in the world make it move in and out of it very quickly, right, because that's the hardest for the hitters to hit. So the problem is is that when these zones are, are not called appropriately, hitters are going to walk. They're not going to swing, and that is not a compelling game. We need hitters to go up there and take the bat off their shoulder, and hitters can hit a ball off the plate. And so because the bats are hot, the balls are hot, the strike zone is shrunk, now all of a sudden we're having games where pitchers are giving up 8, 10, 12 runs a game, and that's not normal. Um, We definitely have to fix it. The games are too long. It's a problem for TV windows, and it's a problem because a lot of kids aren't going to want to pitch anymore. Yeah. Uh, SEC gets three teams to the Supers. Uh, Did that surprise you in terms of the number? Was it too little? Was it about right in your estimation? It's probably about right, but, you know, going into that uh, final day, there were 10 teams still playing. So, um, I, you know, I thought it potentially could have been more. I thought LSU should have definitely won. Um, so, you know, I, I usually think if you can get, you know, four or five, I think it, so I think it's maybe a little low. Um, but, 
you know, it's competitive out there. And then we saw a lot of really good mid-majors. <laughs> you know, look at look at what McNeese State did to Washington. Mm-hmm. Washington had to score seven runs in one inning, and the previous 14, they don't, or 13, I guess it was, they'd only scored one run. So, you know, it's a, it's a competitive environment out there, and you have to be on your AA-plus game. Oklahoma or the field for you? <laughs> uh, I think it's Oklahoma. Absolutely. It's theirs to lose. I mean, unless they come out um, and have a bad weekend, I think Clemson will, hopefully will play with them hard. But, again, if Valerie Cagle gets squeezed, forget it. That that offense is going to put up big numbers. Millie Thompson, if she gets squeezed at the lower half of the zone or her off speed's not on, it, it's going to be tough. And then, you know, for Clemson, they're going to have to figure out how to you know, hit – three elite arms that, that Oklahoma has. So I think it's Oklahoma. Um, I think if they have a bad weekend in the, at the Women's College World Series, maybe one team can pluck them off and then maybe a second team can pluck them off. But I think when you go up against Oklahoma in a three-game series, uh, I believe it's really tough. I think it's tough to beat them two or three. You might get one from them, but I, I don't think you get two or three. Is there I – mean, all these supers are good, Michelle, but is there a super or two that intrigue you? Florida State, Georgia intrigues me. What about you? Absolutely. Cat Sandercock against a home run hitting team like Georgia. Trust me, I'm going to be glued to that uh, <laughs> television watching it. Um, I also think intriguing is the matchup I'm calling, which is Texas at Tennessee. You know, Kiki Malloy's numbers are off the chart. Ashley Rogers is, is doing well. Texas is a bunch of young freshmen, nothing to lose. Look what they did last year. I mean, it's a team that's spicy, gritty, has fire. Um, you know, Tennessee, they've stubbed their toe at home the last couple of postseasons. So it, this is going to be really interesting. Uh, we'll be on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Our Saturday window is actually at 3 o'clock on ABC. So we've got an ABC window, which is outstanding for our sport. But, um, yeah, that's a super intriguing one. And then I also think Oklahoma uh, State and Oregon is intriguing as well. So, you know, Oklahoma State's been up and down all year. They're starting to get their moxie back. Um, so I think there's a chance that, you know, if, if they can play good ball, uh, Oregon's playing really good ball, however, right now. Let me end with this, Michelle. Sometimes I think mistakenly at, at times we look at it, how many teams from a conference are in a super regional. Well, that's the best conference in softball. And the Pac-12, I think, has the most. In your estimation today, who is the conference with the best softball? Wow, you really put me on the spot here. Um, yeah, and, and UCLA, right, like you said, isn't even the Super. They exactly. When a game into postseason, I mean, it's unbelievable, and they were the regular season champions. Yep. But, you know, the Pac-12, I think, this year is strong because they show what showing up all year long, but especially in the postseason, uh, you know, what it does for you. Okay, so let's just say UCLA is not in, but if they were in, right, you've got Utah, you have Stanford, you have Washington. You know, I, I mean, you just look at uh, – it's just a great conference, and and they've really come along. I, you know, I, th- I think that, again, it's parity. I think the SEC is strong, but I think, you know, there's a lot of strength in the Big 12. It kind of gets overlooked because of the, the numbers and the depth of the SEC, but I think the depth of the Big 12 is actually pretty good as well and um, and is only going to get better with Trisha Ford, excuse me, um, with um, uh, Kansas starting to, to get better and um, – who came from uh, Texas A&M, Craig Snyder, who's now at Texas Tech. So um, Baylor was good this year. So I, I think that there's there's a lot of depth in, in the pack. Um, and then we haven't even talked about the ACC. That's another so – I, I, you know, I can't answer your question. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> you, you answered. You did. Michelle, we'll be watching. Uh, it should be fun as uh, softball Super Regionals take place. Always appreciate your time. Thanks for doing it. Absolutely. Thanks so much. You got Bye-bye. it. ESPN's Michelle Smith joining us here. 
talking uh, about the uh, softball supers coming up. All right, uh, we'll open the phone lines quickly for you, 392-8255, and you can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. Uh, look, I, I, I wish I could have been there last night uh, to call that. That was, that was really something. Um, Stephen, I'm sorry uh, I didn't see your email uh, about uh, the question from Michelle, so I had a little glitch here in the email system, and I still am having a glitch. Um, so hopefully we can get this fixed. But uh, I guess the good news is uh, we're an abbreviated show today. Texas A&M is playing in the first game right now against South Carolina. Last I looked, A&M was up 5 nothing, and we will have uh, live coverage of the Gator game tonight. We just don't know, obviously, the exact time uh, because it will depend on what happens in the game before that. So uh, we'll see what happens. 12-11, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Max Chadwick from Pro Football Focus. We'll talk college football next ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. From the College of Journalism and Communications, ESPN, 98.1 FM, and 850 AM, WRUF. Florida is kayaking country. Kayaks are a great vessel for exploring the state's beautiful waterways. But it's important to be prepared for the journey, regardless of your experience level. Get your boater education and learn about you and your craft's abilities. It'll help you have a safer, more enjoyable time on the water. Before you go, know your limits and always wear your life jacket. Safe boating is no accident. To learn more, visit the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission at myfwc.com. Hey, it's Steve Russell talking about the delicious food at Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries. It's key lime shake season. If you've never had their hand-spun artisan dairy shake, you're missing out. Try the herb chicken burger, the house-made veggie burger, and my favorite, Florida-raised beef, the original Big Dick with hot fries. Walk up, drive through, or order ahead at DickMondell's.com. Open seven days a week at Southwest 4th Avenue and 5th Street. Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries, worthwhile, wholesome, fast food. Visit online at DickMondell's.com. It's the first day of the first grade, and she found a new best friend. It's a laid-back Sunday afternoon. Your taste buds will be best buds with Dr. Pepper Float Ice Cream from Bluebell. The rich taste of creamy vanilla ice cream swirled together with the one-of-a-kind flavor of delicious Dr. Pepper. Treat yourself to a pint or half gallon today. The good old days are being made right now. The good old days are being made right now. Look for Bluebell ice cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the Internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Talking the talk and walking the walk. 
You are listening to Florida's preeminent sports radio station. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. This is Gatorhead football coach Billy Napier, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Again, today we have an abbreviated show because of uh, our coverage of Rays baseball. A&M does lead Carolina 5-0 in the sixth in the first game today at the SEC baseball tournament. Always a pleasure to talk college football with Max Chadwick, who joins us live now. He, of course, works at Pro Football Focus. Max, welcome. Um, I'm, I'm interested on your take with this ACC business with if you do better, you're going to make more money. Uh, I think that's a short-term fix here. What say you when it comes to this? Yeah, it does feel like a short-term fix. And thanks again for having me on, Steve. Sure. But yeah, it does seem like that uh, because, you know, you look at all the big schools they are looking at potentially leaving the ACC, like Clemson, like Florida State, like Miami. And the ACC, I, I think, is maybe getting a little bit desperate now. They're trying to say, okay, you know what? We'll, uh, we'll reward you for, for doing better and, and all that. So, yeah, it does seem like a short-term fix right now. It seems like the ACC is getting a little bit desperate and trying not to lose some of their major programs. The SEC meetings start in Destin next week, and one of the fascinating things on the docket is what the league wants to do about storming the field. Clearly, the money isn't working because it's a drop in the bucket now with what the SEC gets. One of the things they're, they're, they're at least discussing is losing a home game. That seems draconian to me. Do you think that's realistic? I think that's insane. Yeah, I'm <laughs> listen. I'm, I'm a big fan of of, uh, of storming the field. I think it's one of the things that makes college football amazing, and I, I love doing it. Uh, I've done it a couple times when I was a student in college, and I can tell you it was, it was a very fun experience. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I understand like the the issues with it, but I also think it's just something that makes college football great. So, I think that you know that's a very very harsh punishment. If you really want to do a punishment maybe do a fine, but like you said, like those fines really just a drop in the bucket for those teams. But that's, I don't know, I think that's, I think that's fine because, like I said before, storming the field makes college football awesome. And I think some of the best moments in college football history have led to storming the field, like the kick six and the Auburn game and all that. So it's a part of college football history, and I would really hate for teams to severely punish it and ultimately get rid of it. Hmm. Uh, okay, let me throw this out too. Florida, Georgia – is going to stay in Jacksonville at least, you know, two more years. The, the short term, Kirby Smart has barked uh, about being at some sort of disadvantage. Do you think that game will ultimately stay in Jacksonville, especially when the SEC gets through realigning? Yeah, I think I think it should. You know, it's one of those great traditions in college football, the world's you know, largest outdoor cocktail party. Uh, I think it's phenomenal that that's in Jacksonville. I think it. Um, I, my coworkers actually went to it a couple of years ago, and they said it was an amazing time pregame. So yeah, I, I think that maybe potentially down the road, if Kirby Smart, you know, keeps complaining about it, maybe the SEC will will bend and, and maybe make it a home and home series. But I don't know. I kind of think that's one of those series that I, I love that it's played in a neutral location, and I, like I said, the, the history behind it is amazing. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think it should stay in Jacksonville. Max, I want to also touch on a little bit what the SEC is going to do in terms of deciding if it's going to be an eight-game league schedule, a nine-game league schedule. Uh, I, 
I, I think the bigger schools would like nine. I think the smaller schools would like eight. Where do you think this ends up? Yeah, I think uh, I think it will probably end up at a at a nine game schedule. And yeah, like you mentioned before, I mean, it, it, the bigger schools would probably like that. And I, I, I think it is. Um, it would be cool to see, you know, the, the best teams in the best conference in America play against each other more often. So, yeah, I think ultimately this is, this is that's where it's heading is, is to a nine-game schedule. I, I think that's really where we'll end up at when it's all said and done. Last couple of things here. The hire of Hugh Freeze, I think at least from a recruiting standpoint for Auburn, has already paid dividends. We know his baggage and I know John Cohen very well because he used to be an assistant baseball coach here back in the day, so I've known him for years. From mm-hmm. a football standpoint, I like the hire at Auburn. Do you like that hire of Freeze? Yeah, listen, it's it's from a football standpoint, it's a great hire. You know, he's a guy who's a phenomenal football coach. He did a really good job at Ole Miss, did an amazing job at Liberty, made that program, you know, a, a, a really consistent top 25 program, basically, which is something that you can't really say about Liberty too much. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's already paid dividends, like you said, at Auburn. With uh, they, have, they have an incredible transfer portal class coming in. Obviously, the headliner of that class is probably the new starting quarterback, Peyton Thorne, coming from Michigan State. Uh, so they've done a really good job with the transfer portal. They're probably going to continue to kill it on the recruiting trail. Uh, but, yeah, off the field, certainly issues with Hugh Freeze. I'm not going to deny that. But if you're just talking on the field, I mean, I, I think he's a phenomenal football coach. But there does come with some serious baggage off the field, though. Last question, and here we are talking football before even you know Memorial Day is here. But um, South Carolina has a quarterback who looked very pedestrian, and then at the end of the year looked like he won the Heisman Trophy, and he's back. Yeah. So you, you look at the league, and you know South Carolina had a nice year. Where do you see a school like? Kentucky, because I think for Florida, the Kentuckys and the South Carolinas and the Missouris, they're swing games. If Florida is able to win some of those, well, then that that win total shoots up. But specifically, Kentucky and South Carolina, what do you see with them? Yeah, I I think the South Carolina discussion is interesting because um, Spencer Rattler has been such a hot and cold quarterback. You know, if you asked me two years ago what I thought of Spencer Rattler, I would have said he would have been the first overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft and would have won the Heisman Trophy. Then obviously he gets benched six games into that next season for Caleb Williams and the rest of history. Uh, yeah, he was very hot and cold. I, I think a lot of people are ready to crown Spencer Rattler again. I'm not ready to do that. I think he there's more bad than good last year on tape for him. So I want to see some serious improvements before I call him, before I consider him you know, an NFL quarterback or even a top quarterback in college football. And Kentucky is, is an interesting one too because – um, they lose Will Levis, obviously, uh, to the Tennessee Titans now, but now they have Devin Leary coming in, who's a transfer coming in from NC State, pretty good quarterback from NC State too. So, yeah, those are two schools that I think Florida is probably right around. Uh, I would say both those schools. I'd say Florida is probably a little bit better than Kentucky. And, and you know, so, I, yeah, I do think it's going to be close in the SEC East next year, but I think Florida has a good chance at least to, to really improve and maybe uh, get to like seven wins. Okay, Max, as always, where can people see your work? Yeah, you can check it out at pff.com. I have a bunch of articles, a lot of feature articles. Uh, I'm talking to a lot of players right now, which is super cool. And also, uh, you can check out the show that we do uh, called Preferred Walk-On at YouTube, too. All right, always a pleasure to talk to you. We'll get you back a million times between now and the end of football season. So, appreciate your time, Max. Thank you. Thank you so much, Steve. Really appreciate it. You got it. Same here, Max. Thank you. Does a good job. Max Chadwick, Pro Football Focus. Okay.
uh, in an abbreviated show today. We got about uh, five minutes or so. So if you want to call us up, you can and talk about, uh, I'm sure, Gator Baseball, 392-8255. You can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. Phenomenal game. And isn't it funny how baseball is? Florida gets Cade Fisher to come in the game. What's he throw? Four pitches and gets an out. Alabama brings in a lefty. He throws, what, eight pitches and gets shelled. And, I mean, it's just an amazing thing sometimes uh, when that happens. Uh, Okay, got some emails here. Uh, Bill says, great win for the Gators. You called it. Waldrop pitched and Sully played to win. Glad the Gators didn't tank. Yeah? And, again, I can't fault Mississippi State for what they did and how they did it. But, obviously, Florida wasn't tanking, and and Sully did what he does in terms of his normal pitching and uh, putting in his relievers in situations they would be in in further postseason play. Uh, Michelle, hello. Hey, Steve. So, I just wanted to comment on the baseball game. It was a good game. Um, Of course, I turned it. Um, when Alabama went up at the top of the 11 because I got mad. Um, and so turned it back. Yeah, I got mad. So I turned it back just in time enough to see the home run hit, which will maybe that's what I needed to do. They just needed me not to watch them. Um, but I did want to ask, and you may have commented in the mix of me trying to be put on hold and come on about the pitching what? Because I didn't, I wasn't able to watch the entire game. When did we shift pitchers last night? Because it, it felt like we were doing good, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, and and maybe because I was hitting and missing. So, what was what was our pitching like last night? Um, I guess it depends on uh, specifically what you're talking about. Because if you look at what you know Waldrop did, I think he was okay. Okay. Um, and remember, Neely gave up uh, runs at the end. He was good until one inning. And then, you know, so, I mean, and then Fisher came in and uh, Slater came in, did his job, and that's what Sully is doing. He's using his pitchers. Slater comes in, you know, sixth, seventh inning. Then a guy like Abner would come in, and then you bring in Neely as the closer. Well, you know, Florida – was at that point, Neely came in, he threw a bunch, I think he threw 60 pitchers or something like that last night because it was an extra inning game. Uh, He did fine except for one inning, and that sometimes can can skew uh, an appearance. You can pitch really well for three innings and get, you know, hit in the fourth, and it doesn't look so good, but that's how the game is. Okay, and I guess I'm not, I mean, I love to watch baseball, but I'm not fully knowledgeable baseball, so it always kind of stresses me out sometimes when they pull a pitcher, because I'm thinking, well, oh, they seem to be doing good. Why are we taking them out? And I know there's a strategy. I mean, I get that. And so that's why I said when I came in, I think a couple of the commentators were talking about something. And I said, oh, well, I need to figure out what happened then with the pitching. But, okay, it makes sense of what you said okay. about that with that. Thanks so much. Michelle, thank okay. you. All right. Uh, Al will be our final caller. Al, hello. Hey, that was some comeback last night. Yeah, it was, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple of questions for you. I got one about a minute, so go ahead. <laughs> okay, I'll make it quick. Which major league team has the most Latin players? No idea. And when does FSU open in against who? 
Uh, I think LSU, I think. I'd have to look at that to be sure. Isn't it on a Sunday, though, or something like that? Uh, you know, Al, you're asking me off the top of my I have no idea what FSU's <laughs> schedule is. Okay. All right, man. Well, thank you. Keep up the good work. Okay. Thank you, sir. Right. I'll try to look it up for you if you're listening uh, before I leave here. Um, let's see. I'm looking it up here. Yeah, LSU. Yeah, I was right. How about that? Top of my head. Uh, September 3 uh, is, who, is when they play. Um, okay. That's going to do it for an abbreviated show today. We have Rays baseball for you, the final game of the series uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, tomorrow, we'll see what the Gators do tonight. We will have live coverage of Florida Vanderbilt tonight. We just don't know when. It'll be 30 minutes or so after the conclusion of the third game. Thanks to Elliot for producing today. I'm Steve Russell. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Rays baseball is next as you listen on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. in the soul of Gator Nation and coming to you live from the second story of the CJC on the campus of the University of Florida. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Live life to the fullest. You hear that all the time, but it's easier said than done when you're in pain, right? Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is in the business of giving people back their quality of life and providing much-needed relief for chronic joint pain. And not just providing that relief, but doing it in the most non-invasive way possible using regenerative treatments from your body's own 